to take it. Morgan going in, and Wes Morgan heads it in. They're level. Leicester hit back like champions. <laughs> Manchester United did not cope with it. And this was all about power, about determination. He just floats it in, Danny Drinkwater. Rojo just cannot deal with him. And from that distance, as long as he gets good contact, it's so difficult for De Gea. Well, there were absolute scenes with uh, Leicester lifting the Premier League trophy, or they will be lifting the trophy this weekend against Everton, but they've secured the title against absolutely astronomical odds, 5,000 to 1 at the start of the season you could get, uh, and two people who are absolutely beside themselves and pinching themselves to imagine, to see if this is actually real life. Uh, Friar Tuck and Jats joining me for this special Leicester talk. Hey, howdy, hey. Hey, hey. Um, so I'll start with the first question, um, and I just wanted to take you back a few seasons now to a season when you were managed by uh, Mr. Ian Holloway, um, who managed to get you relegated from the Football League Championship for the first time um, in your history. You were in League One, and the club appointed Nigel Pearson as your manager. Um, so I just wanted to get each of your thoughts on... Uh, First of all, how difficult it was and what, how, how much of a struggle it was following the club in League One uh, and how you felt, where you, where you felt the club was going to end up and whether you saw any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'll start with Jats. Yeah, it's a difficult period, wasn't it? Uh, we were kind of... Um, uh, it's never good to get relegated in any league, let alone um, kind of going down to a, a brand new low for us. So uh, it was obviously quite a shock to the system. Um, and then you kind of start to wonder about just just how far you will go down. Um, you, you've seen clubs before you do worse than that. You've seen, I mean, you've seen clubs bounce back as well, but you, you just kind of hope and, and pray that you're the club that, that bounces back rather than that continues to fall down. So um, we were kind of entering administration around the same time, and it was, I mean, it was a really dark period for the club. There's no two ways about it. It was, uh, it was definitely when we were at our weakest. Uh, and Friar Tuck, how did you find um, that relegation under Holloway, and then and then the appointment of Pearson? What were your what was your thoughts on where the club was headed? I mean that 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 I mean I, Holloway. I re, I really don't like I really don't like Holloway. <laughs> in all honesty, I mean especially, especially after that, it just and then I mean this wise this wise cracking guy all the quotes and all that and then he delivers us to the, he delivers us to that i mean mind you i think we had one of the highest points tally when we got relegated but that that doesn't exa- that doesn't exactly help this is i mean you've spent your whole your whole history in the first two divisions you have this proud record and then and then yeah and then that happens oh jeez um no, i think it's quite ironic that the one the guy that sent us down would be the guy that comes comes over and uh, well, little did we know what exactly was going to happen there. I mean that that I mean that's for another time. But uh, no, you, I mean once you get relegated, it's very uncertain. You don't know you don't know what you don't know what's going to happen. You could you could bounce back up or you could just just fade fade away into fade away into nothingness. Like well, a few other clubs, it 
it, it's a very it's a very uncertain thing. So it was it wasn't. I I follow I followed that I followed that season just keeping track and records and. No, I'm just I'm just glad that we got not only just got out, but to take the title there. The only good thing about that was it gave us a chance to redevelop ourselves, especially in the last few years. That was that was the kick up the backside we needed, and uh, well, we didn't know it at the time, but no, real it probably was for the best that we did get relegated at that point. We just I think we were we had a lot of lower table finishes. Up until then, and the club as a whole was going no- was going nowhere. So, yeah, it worked out for the best in the end, but wasn't 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 pretty at the time. Well, your comments there remind me of uh, the 2010-11 season for Hull when we were in the relegation zone in the championship at the start of that season with a, uh, a certain Mr. Pearson in charge. Um, and it does become quite difficult to sort of um, reconcile the fact that the club might have slipped down even further. And, and as you say, Jats, uh, that worry about whether the club can actually bounce back. Um, and so that actually takes me on to that 2010-11 season where uh, Pearson obviously left the club at the start of the season, came across to Hull, and he basically said that it was because he felt that the board didn't really want to keep him at the club and that they'd kind of um, allowed the the owners of Hull to approach uh, Nigel Pearson about managing the club, um, and you obviously appointed Souza, who didn't last very long. You then appointed, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Sven. That's Sven? it, Sven. Sven. Um, and so it was a bit of a volatile time for the club because you obviously you got your new ownership from the the Thai consortium. Um, was there a sense that the club was sort of on the way up or was it sort of a bit uncertain, obviously with Sven splashing money here and there for um, players who might not not necessarily have deserved it? Um, what, what was your take, Friartuck? I actually thought, I mean, it was very sad to lose Pearson because Pearson was really the manager that I connected with at the time, especially after we won that, especially after we won the League One title and I felt that the team had some positive had some had some positivity going around it if I, rec- if I recall correctly we lost the playoff but it looked like we were going we were going places but yeah then Salza came in Salza did an all Salza did an all right job at his pre- uh, I think it was Swansea if I recall yeah, correctly yeah I think and, was at Swansea well, before surely. um was it before Mart- was it Martinez there no it was uh, was it Rogers who went after Souza trying to remember. I think I think it was I think it was I think it was Rogers that Rogers right. that came afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. So Salza never really had Salza never really had the group. It just it just seemed like we were going backwards with that step. It's a bit bit of nowhere, especially after what we just had last last season. Uh, Pearson Pearson built that squad, installed a certain culture, and the players hadn't warmed up to him and. I think yeah, it just wasn't working out, and then and then Swen came, and I thought I honestly thought we were going to go places. I mean, I mean, a bit naive. I thought we were going to go places. We were going to get some. We were going to go back to the Premier League. I actually, for a second, there thought he was going to sign David Beckham at that point. <laughs> I mean, he was getting he was getting all sort he was getting all sorts of other players. I mean. It actually did seem like a realistic possibility. I mean, Beckham wanted to get back into England, and uh, for that he had to come come to Eng- England, join up, come to England. And if there was one man that was going to get him, it was going to be Swin. And uh, 
I mean, he got Casper Schmeichel, and uh, I'll be honest, that's the signing of Casper Schmeichel was, in one of in my opinion, one of the best one of the best signings that I've ever felt as a uh, as a, as, as a football fan. I I was re- I was really pleased with what with this Casper Spike with the Casper signing because, no offense to Chris Wheel, but. He, he he was a bit of a dud. <laughs> Our keepers, as far as I could remember, we've had dud, we've had dud keepers. So to see Casper Schmeichel rocking up to the box, it, uh, it was absolutely it, fantastic. I mean, he used to play for Manchester City for a bit, didn't he? I think he had. A, I think he had a few games. Yeah, yeah, right at the start. Yeah, so that's a, a fairly impressive signing for you guys. Um, how how did you see that season, Jets, and that sort of transition from Pearson to Souza to Ericsson and and then obviously back to to back to Pearson, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Yeah, it was a it's a really interesting time for the club. Um, Pearson going was uh, it was a bit hard at the time, but he hadn't showed. He certainly hasn't showed what he showed later on with us in the second stint. So, um, with the way managers move around now with, between the leagues and all the clubs, it was probably wasn't um, that much of a shock. Uh, I didn't think Sousa was a particularly good appointment, uh, and as it turned out, it wasn't. Um, he'd been okay in a previous role, but just didn't really instill confidence. But I was a little bit like Fry Suck with Sven. He... Um, for a club of Leicester's stature, he came with such um, such a reputation, uh, even on an international sense, with uh, with his England management, and he came from Mexico as well. I think he just managed before he came to us, so he came with this um, this massive aura about him, and uh, all of a sudden, it kind of put Leicester on the map a little bit, um, and it started like we've spoken about with Casper. It started to um, it started to, I guess. Um, make the club a little bit more appealing to, to those from the outside. Um, he, he did throw some cash around early on, and there were some uh, there were some very average signings. Um, so for Cash for Michael, there was Matt Mills that we signed for $5 million, who uh, we signed from Reading, and at the time I thought was going to be a really good signing, and he turned out to be absolutely hopeless. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, we had Beckford there as well. Oh, uh, and yeah. Beckford, we got Beckford from you, Everton. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Again, he came... Yeah. yeah, he came with this kind of rap. I, I'd kind of seen him at Leeds and um, I had known that he'd been okay in the championship uh, and that he wasn't really getting game time at, at Everton in the Premier League, but thought when he kind of had come in that we were uh, potentially picking up a, a fairly decent striker. Um, and again, as it turns out, that wasn't the case. So um, Sven did okay, but he was... He did waste a fair bit of money and uh, it was an interesting time as well because it was the new owners that was kind of funding that. So they kind of had given him money right off the bat and um, he he had spent a fair bit of it back at the time. Five million was a lot of money for a championship club. It's, it's not these days, obviously, but uh, five million was big money back then and it was on a centre-back as well. It wasn't as though we bought this uh, kind of U-boot striker. It was it was this rocking defence from a, a fellow championship club. So... Um, it was it was it was good time because we come out of League it. One um, and we looked like we were on the up again, um, but it was a it was a bit of a stalling couple of years. Yeah, I mean, um, talking about 
how Pearson sort of improved in that second stint reminds me of, I think we played you guys maybe two or three games after he returned to Leicester, and the the chant from the Leicester supporters was basically, he was only on loan, he was only on loan. So I thought that was quite funny, because um, it was essentially true. And obviously if he sort of... He, um, I guess the common theme I can take from Pearson's two spells at both Leicester and at Hull is that he, he's very, very good at building foundations for squads. He, uh, you touch on the fact that he won you that League One title and you obviously had players like Andy King already in the squad in that, in that season. Um, and then he came to Hull and he signed guys like James Chester for a couple of hundred thousand from United and... Um, and uh, and other players of that sort who obviously stuck with us for quite a few seasons and then made us quite a lot of money went back to you guys and signed guys like Jamie Vardy, Riyad Mahrez, you know, uh, players of that sort as well. So he has a very good way of building squads and then leaving a very strong legacy at clubs for managers after him <laughs> to end up taking a lot of credit for things that they didn't necessarily put in place. Um, so he, he obviously came back to you guys and, and got you promoted to the Premier League, um, and there's a bit. There was obviously talk last season about where you were going to end up and all that sort of thing. And, and most people thought you weren't weren't going to be in any, any trouble, and you then struggled for for quite a chunk of the season. But at the start of that season, what? How did you guys see your prospects of both staying up and then and then also what you could actually go on and achieve in the Premier League? Um, I'll start with Jats. Uh, it was that was an exciting time as well, to be honest. Uh, it was the first time in ten years we've been back in the Premier League, and uh, it was on the back of such a strong championship season as well, um, hitting the hundred points and, and kind of just dominating that league so much. So I think part of the reason we all kind of expected that uh, not that it would be easy in the Premier League, but that we might be okay, is that we kind of, with how strong we performed in the season before, we were we were looking pretty good. Um, We'd obviously had a tight knit unit, uh, and and some of the players were quite good there um, for the first time in quite a while. So um, coming up, there was all the optimism in the world that we would be able to stay up pretty well. Uh, and the start of the season was brilliant. We um, we had quite a, a tough start from memory. We played Arsenal and Everton and United, and uh, obviously the United game um, <laughs> that, that that will live long in my memory. That's for sure. Um, coming back from three one down. Uh, I've still got that game on record over in the Fox Cell box there and it's, um, it's something I pull out every now and then just to, to kind of sit back and, and enjoy. So um, after those five games, it looked like we'd kind of, uh, again, maybe not do it easy, but it looked like we were not out of our depth in the Premier League. Uh, and then obviously uh, we went through that massive um, massive down period where it just we couldn't buy a win even if we wanted to. I remember one... Um, one match day against Sunderland where we lost 1-0 due to a, a Cambiasso own goal, I think it was, but basically Wes Morgan played straight into him and it just it trickled into the corner and it was like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Um, so there was, uh, I think, and I think that was part of the reason why we ended up staying up as well, even though we had such a, uh, a poor kind of middle part of the season and it was, uh, it was a massively poor part of the season. Um, we, we were on the bottom for a long time in that season. But as opposed to like Villa this year, when we were losing, we weren't necessarily playing bad. We were playing with a bit of, uh, without a bit of luck, um, and there was just one or two things that maybe weren't going our way. But uh, obviously, it, it turned around eventually there. And um, when we kind of got on that run, we got, uh, we really got on that run. And and 
to be honest, that hasn't stopped uh, even to today. That that run over the last or since January last year, we're about 25 points better off than any other club in the Premier League, which is it's just unreal when you look at it. It's um like it's not even close. It's it's such an achievement. But uh, obviously Pearson left. Just just touching on Pearson, I I'll always have a lot of respect for the guy. It's obviously a little bit easier to be objective about it now. Um, I know I got quite defensive, especially with you a couple of times over some of the things he did in that season uh, with MacArthur and all that. And that was uh, that was probably me just defending our manager a little bit uh, sometimes when he probably didn't deserve it. But uh, apart from his hot streak, he um, he's honestly one of the best uh, match day managers I've ever seen, uh, not just at Leicester, but uh, overall. Some of the... If you actually watched him in some of those games change formations, and um, it's not just—it's not even just the formation change, but it's the fact that he can call on that formation change mid-half, for instance, and the players will automatically snap to it uh, and play it exceptionally well. He was—he was second to none with that. Uh, even in the run-in that kind of uh, saved us from relegation against West Brom, we changed formation after half-time and, and turned a deficit into a victory. And it just happened. It wasn't luck, basically. It was it was happening that regularly where if we came out and played a poor half of football, they would switch it around somehow and uh, inevitably get the result. So, on top of being able to, um, in, on top of being able to instill a really good squad um, belief and and balance as well, I guess he was he was a phenomenal match day manager. I, I'm honestly surprised he hasn't been picked up by anyone this season. Um, if Villa are looking for a manager, they could certainly do worse. I get the sense with him that he's almost uh, being quite calculated in, in the club that he's going to go to next, because I know there were certainly rumours that he was going to go to Derby, and I think he'd said that he wanted to go to a club with a sort of a plan and, and, and a structure that he could actually operate in. Um, so I don't know whether that means he's sort of just waiting for the perfect club, because, I mean, as you say, he, he could basically walk into any club in the championship, if not lower bit of the Premier League, um, with the reputation he's sort of built for himself on the pitch, if not offered. Um, uh, what was your take on that season, uh, Friatuck? Oh, man, I thought after the first five games, especially after that United... Res- well, actually, before that, um, I thought, honestly, I had a... Because I'll, I'll be honest about it, because... I, because of where Leicester has been, I hadn't followed the Premier League as well as much as some of the other guys on the board. And well, when I first looked at it, I thought we could easily aim for top ten. I was aiming for about eighth place. And then after <laughs> I saw the United game, then whoa, just 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 like oh, this is happening. I mean, I knew we had a really good team, as you said. You don't just break a hundred points if you're not if you're not any good. So the call was there. The togetherness was there. I felt like. This was this was Pearson's kingdom. He had he had everything all nicely arranged. Any every everything as he wanted. It just it, it just seemed like all the tools were there, and uh, we were online for a really good season. Then Crystal Palace was a bit of a reality check. The Burnley, uh, that the Matty James foul. Why would you do that on the edge <laughs> of the box? The two two yeah, and then then Casper Schmeichel. Oh, here's a here's a wide big open gap for you to kick it into Doran. Why don't you get why don't you aim it there? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just had I just had a moment of dread in that Burnley game. I mean no, after uh, it just seemed so Leicester like that we would do something like that. <laughs> and then yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, then then uh, pain and misery and then 
the Cambiasso own goal against West Brom. Oh God, this you couldn't we couldn't buy a trick. We couldn't we we, we couldn't take anything. I mean, the talent is there. It's doing it. Why isn't it why why isn't it operating the way that of it? Like it did in the championship. How are we below Burn? How are we below QPR and Burnley? And that's the thing. QPR was hyped up because oh, it's Harry Redknapp. Oh, they've got Rio Ferdinand, and oh, they're going to finish. They're going to finish very high up. I mean, uh, and then you see us, and then it's like, uh, what? What exactly happened? We're not. We're not going. We're not going to win the championship and then be sent down like this. This is ridiculous. I mean. Well, Christmas gave us a bit of hope. No offense, but well, I mean, I I still um I still look back on that game and it's quite interesting because obviously that was a really frustrating loss for us in in a run where we'd I think beaten uh, I think we'd beaten Sunderland three one coming from a goal down and I think we beat Everton after you guys and you were sort of sandwiched in the middle as that really frustrating loss where we should have won. Um, especially late in that game, we were throwing absolutely everything at you and Hernandez really had a few decent chances. But you look back on that game and I think that was Riyad Mahrez' first goal in the Premier League. So it's a it's sort of um, a significant game in a few ways, I suppose, as maybe the, the moment that he sort of... Um, took to the league and actually sort of turned a corner. So um, I suppose it's a significant one in that sense as well. I would say that was I would say that was a certain step up his first goal there and well that win gave us some that win gave us some belief that well there is some, there is there is light at the end of this tunnel because I think we got seven points in those three games and I mean the Liverpool game was really frustrating. Wes Morgan apparently has a hand on his face. <laughs> I mean, it could have been it could uh, it could have been it could have been it could have been something else entirely. I mean, I think I, I joined the forum around after the was it after was it after Villa I joined? I think it was some, I think it was something like that because I I had been watching the forums over the time and by this point I felt like I wanted to get involved and uh, yeah, just share my opinions and well. That's needed company, you know. Being the only supporter there, so you know, stick together. Who knows? We can get out of this. Um, looking back, looking back, we had we played some pretty big. We played, we got, we played all right against some of the big teams. In, uh, not so much United, Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. We did well. Everton, we did all right. At, we did all right at City, Manchester City, if I recall correctly. And then, and then the Tottenham game. Tottenham was really, Tottenham was a really jammy game. But it felt like that. That was honestly the first signs that we actually had some life and fight into it. I mean, I think if I recall correctly, once we drew with you guys, we thought that was probably our number. If I recall, yeah. the form correctly, was that right? Uh, well, that was that's the but frustrating yeah, game for us as well because I think Yelovich had a chance with an open goal to score a goal. I think it was quite early in that one as oh, well. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's it's sliding doors in a lot of ways because if, if Jelovic scores that, you almost suggest maybe we put three points more between us and you. It's a bit too much for you to overcome and we therefore stay up. And it's kind of kind of funny because if you if you look at the... I, I saw a tweet the other day which made me very, very sad. Um, a year ago, the day, so when Spurs beat Chelsea, a year ago that day... Hull and Leicester had been level on points in the Premier League. So it's a very sliding doors sort of situation where obviously um, Leicester have gone on to these great heights and, and you just think, you know, millimetres or, or inches or whatever it is can just completely change 
the path of a club um, in in pretty drastic ways. And I mean, it, it remains to be seen we could get promoted straight back up, but uh, you know, there's there's all sorts of other things that could end up happening. Um, uh, it, it's it's it can be pretty amazing what can actually um, affect clubs in that way. Um, and just to get closing thoughts from each of you um, to bring it. Uh, to this season um, with the success of Ranieri um, a few words on Ranieri and then and then also just what does this title mean for you if you can put it into words if you can't put it into words what does it mean for, for the club for the city or, 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 or whatever you can sort of uh, verbalise I suppose and I'll start with Jats uh, well to start with Ranieri it's um I'm so, so happy for him. After kind of coming second all those times with various clubs, it was uh, I'm so pleased that he's been able to finally win the big dance, um, especially at the club that seemed least likely to do it. With everyone questioning his appointment at the time, uh, at the start of the season, it was, I mean, he must have felt, uh, he might have been able to block it out okay, but he must have felt fairly lousy with all the, all the negative press that came straight on board. But, um, when you look at what he's done with this squad, I mean, we lost 19 games last season overall in the Premier League. This year, we've lost three with two games to go. Um, it's just it's phenomenal. He he came in and he did it perfectly. To be honest, you you couldn't ask for a manager to come in and do a better job. He um he wanted us to still play with the attacking flair that we had last season, especially when we went on that winning streak. But he just brought in this. Uh, Italian-style defence, and um, I guess we were quite compact as well that he, he kind of introduced, and it, it made the world of difference. It um it took us about, I've mentioned it on the board, but it took us about 10 games to get our first clean sheet, but since then, we've had like 15 in the last 25 games or something ridiculous, which is, it's incredible when you just look at that number, like that's, I mean, it's nuts, it's, I, I just never expected that Leicester would ever be able to do that in the top flight, ever, really, um, I mean, that's a good result for Manchester City and Arsenal, let alone Leicester. So he's what he's been able to do this season, I mean, they'll build statues and they'll talk about him forever in Leicester. He's he's become an absolute legend there for this season alone. Um, and, and you won't find a nicer guy compared to what we had with Pearson, who um, I know we've touched on he's been a good manager, but his, uh, his attitude and his kind of, um, I guess, some of his uh, off-field antics, they're, they're like chalk and cheese. Ranieri walks in and says hello to every uh, press staff member and um, he, he's quite uh, charismatic and enthusiastic in press conferences and it's, I mean, it's been a breath, breath of fresh air. So, uh, yeah, cannot speak of Ranieri highly enough and he'll always, uh, he'll always now be a, an absolute Leicester legend. Um, as for the title win, oh, I don't even know where to begin with that, to be honest. I um, it, was, it was a bit of a surreal feeling especially with us not playing. So uh, watching that second goal go in, um, my old man ended up watching the last kind of 10 minutes with me. And uh, at the end when the site, when the whistle went, he, uh, he turned around and, and hugged me and congratulated me. And I, I realized that was the first time he hugged me in freaking years. So uh, <laughs> I, he could wow. tell how much it meant to me. Obviously. You, could, you could definitely tell how much it meant to me. And then uh, it, it, was, it was such a weird feeling because – Normally, when you kind of think of that, you'd expect Leicester players to be running around and going nuts. But there was just it was so down at that ground because obviously Tottenham weren't in the mood to celebrate and Chelsea were busy fighting with them. It was it was an odd feeling, but oh, it's it still doesn't sink in. Every now and then this week, I've just it's kind of come to me that we're actually champions of England, and um, 
when you say the sentence out loud, it doesn't sound real, but it is real now. And I've been seeing the scenes back in Leicester and um, seeing kind of Gary Lineker talk about it and um, and Birch talk about it as the club ambassador. It's what it's done for the club is is unreal. It's it's put us completely on the map. Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> I'm getting too excited. Uh, yeah, it's, it's put Leicester on a, on the worldwide map, and um, all of a sudden, everyone knows who we are and and uh, wants to know our story and all the rest. It's um, we, we're in the Champions League now, where we're going to be playing the best competition in in Europe, if not the world. And uh, it, it's, I mean, it's a long way from the League One days, isn't it? Absolutely, and and um, we, we've been seeing a bit of uh, Gary Lineker this season, and I fear that we'll be seeing a bit too much of him at the start of next season if he holds up his end of the um, of the bet and and presents in his underwear. Um, and I guess yeah, champions of England, next stop, champions of Europe, I suppose. Uh, Friar Tuck, what are your thoughts on on Ranieri, and then also just what it, what the title means uh, to you and to Leicester? Well. Ranieri, okay. Before we before we go before we go anywhere, there is there is one there is one person that has has not been thanked enough for for well, well for the situation that we've been in today. In all honesty, and uh, I'd like to give a thanks to John Goodison. If it wasn't for that goal against Greece, we would have never had Ranieri. So uh, thank you, Joel, and thank you, Row Islands. You've done us a fantastic service. But really, uh, as you know, Pearson Pearson was the manager that I really connected with with well with my football with my football in life. But uh, yeah, just to just to see the I mean, we all know we all know what happened in the off season. I mean, we thought oh surely nothing. I mean, I mean James Pearson James Pearson obviously, and I thought surely they'll come to re- some reconciliation and they'll move on from that. When I saw the news, he was sacked. Uh, I had to refresh it a few times. I mean, surely this was the Crystal Palace incident all over again after the MacArthur incident. Well, it, but did, it did seem to me, in yeah, a way, he was, that it, it he was did, actually. It did seem to me that it was almost them looking for an excuse to sack him after some of the incidents during the season that um that they'd kind of stuck with him and and he'd kept them up, but then they were sort of looking for a reason to get rid of him um, just because of all of the other indiscretions. Well, that could possibly be true, but the, the the absolute scale. I mean, if it wasn't James Pierce, if it wasn't James Pierce, and the story could have been very well different. But uh, the ties the ties value their family and their traditions very seriously, and for that to happen, that that was a, yeah. That, uh, looking back, that probably was the de- that was the death war- that was the debt warrant for Pearson right there. It was a very, it was a very unsettling uh, two weeks as we were trying to find our managers. I mean, we were going back to Martin, o- we were going back to Martin O'Neill, and uh, I think Jets the, was quite keen on. If I remember from the time. I mean, well, if you look at the managers that we could have possibly had, I mean, oh, oh, I don't know, a third. The manager of Sacramento, the manager of Sacramento in the third division of the American League, good old preppy. Oh, I've just been, I've just received this job offer from from the UK, and I'm going to make my way over there. They still haven't found him. He's just disappeared off the map. 
imagine if imagine if they imagine if they put Plecky as manager as this. That would have been that would have been mad. But uh, thankfully, Ranieri Ranieri showed the interest early on. He showed the interest early on, and he they gave him the job because he was watching that team. He knew he knew that team inside and out, and uh, well, as we've seen this season. He definitely did. He knew. He knew what that team was capable of. I mean, with 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 the, with the squad, the most important thing for the new manager was he had to get the respect of the players. I mean, those players loved Pearson. They loved him a lot. So, any new manager had to have that aura of respectability about them. And well, out of all of the options, the only other exception was uh, O'Neill. So, Ranieri was a very good choice in that aspect, but. As with his previous, with his previous tenure with Greece, there was a lot of uncertainty. I mean, I knew, I know international management's a lot harder because you don't actually get to see the players. But yeah, it was very uncertain. But what he did, he didn't change anything. He knew he had, he, he knew he had a good thing going on from from the from the end of the season. So he just made a few minor changes, and just. Invent upon just expand upon Pearson's philosophy. The most important fact about Ranieri that separates him from Pearson, why we probably wouldn't have the same season, was basically substitution. With Pearson, you knew what the subs were. You knew when it was going to happen. You knew what you knew what the game plan was. With Ranieri, he seems he's more flexible. He's got he's got a lot. He, he just knows exactly what is needed and uh, just injects it at the right time. And he's got game management. He, the, Villa, the Villa game in particular, I mean, I know Sherwood contributed some of that, but his substitute in that Villa game, it, he, he, he made that into a win. It was just absolute genius. And that was pretty much the case throughout the whole season. He was, he was like a more experienced version of, a more experienced version of Pearson on the field. But off the field, he was your granddad. He was that hardly bigger, you know, all thanks to Greek and all the managers. Oh, if the boys get a clean sheet, I'll give them a pizza. And then, he turned, and then when they actually got the clean sheet, he turned it into a team-building exercise. Actually got the players to bond even further over that. Oh, you got your pizza, yes, but you have to make your pizza. And uh, it's all these, it's all, it's all these minor little things, these minor little things, just, just to get that little bit extra out of them. And um, Pearson did a lot, but uh, Ranieri's style was definitely very different to Pearson. But he got the same results, and then, and then, and then some. You know, if you get what I'm saying. So yeah, absolutely. And Ranieri's and... already a legend. Regardless. So, uh, so yeah, sorry. So I was going to just say so. So what does the title sort of um, mean for you? I mean, I know we've seen videos of a lot of people in Leicester sort of thanking Ranieri for, for the title. Um, what does it mean for you? In all honesty, it finally confirms what I thought was the case 16 years ago. I thought, when I watched my first ever, well, actually my second ever Leicester City game, I thought Leicester City were the best team in England. I actually, I actually seriously thought that <laughs> when because I that's where I got my first that's where I got my first uh, actual Premier League experience. There was two games, one at, one at the old Filbert Stadium against Sunderland. We won that one five two, and then the League Cup 
final. Unfortunately, his, unfortunately, his wife got my uncle's wife got sick. My aunt got sick for that one, and uh, yeah, gave me the tickets, and uh, yeah, we saw saw the league cup, saw the league cup win at the old Wembley, and he actually convinced me that was the Premier League title, <laughs> and I left England. I left England thinking Leicester was the best team in England and that I was supporting some champion team. Uh, and you know what the worst thing was? What? I came to England three years later and he convinced me the same thing. He showed me the table. He showed me the table. Leicester were, I think, in first or second, were in first place at the time and says, we're on track to win it again. <laughs> what I didn't know was it's division, it said Division 1. I, because you know Division yeah, One yeah. Premier League, how how was I meant to know the difference? So it wasn't until two, it wasn't until the Invincible season where I actually learnt we got relegated, and then it, and then it was a Manchester City fan that an actual Manchurian that well that I went to school with that had to tell me that Leicester wasn't exactly what I thought Leicester was. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah we yeah so uh, I'm finally living the reality the reality that I thought I was living 16 years ago. <laughs> That's great. Um, one final question I did actually have for both of you: uh, Do either of you have any plans to head over and catch Leicester City playing in the Champions League next season? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I hadn't thought about it too much, to be honest, at the moment. I would love to. I really would love to. Um, it might be something I have to think about. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're in a golden period of our history that may not ever happen again. So um, I'm already gutted I'm not over there for the celebrations at the moment. But um, getting to see Leicester in the Champions League is something that may not ever happen again. So uh, we might ju- I might just head over yet. <laughs> Good stuff. What about you, Friartuck? I would, I would really, I would really love to. It's always, I mean, I haven't been since 2003, but unfortunately, real life kind of bogged, kind of bogged me down, and well, unfortunately, more of the money's going there. But the news that did excite me was the fact that I heard that they were coming to Adelaide to play yeah. in what they call the what they call the Fairy Tale Cup, because Adelaide <laughs> also, well, yeah. was also at the table, and they won the, they won, they won the A League as well, so. If I was ever going to see a Leicester game, that's probably the way I'm going to do it because I don't think I'll be going to England for a while, unfortunately. And as I said, I want I want to go to the new stadium. I want to see I want to see a Leicester game in the flesh at the King Power. I mean, the original goal was when they were still in the Premier League, but well, well, look at the circumstances. And well, even if I got there, I don't think I'd be getting a ticket. Yeah, well, well, hopefully, hopefully the um the club can sort out some Australian supporters for tickets for um a couple of games next season, maybe. So, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what um what happens. And at, at the very least, yeah, the game against Adelaide would be quite an interesting one to watch because, as you say, I mean, people have been asking what the uh, comparison would be to in another sport or another uh, another. Um, competition for the Leicester story and and it does spring to mind that Adelaide did come back from you know eight games without a win to start the season and then ending up not only uh, winning the grand final but also topping the table so very impressive season from them as well Um, but we might finish it up there boys so thank you so much for sticking around and having a chat about your memories of Leicester over the years 
That's all right. Okay. Happy to do it. <laughs> I can imagine. And uh, and I'm I'm sure everyone will be tuning in to watch Leicester lifting the title on, against Everton. As you say, Jats. I mean, it still seems a bit surreal, but I imagine when they actually lift the trophy, that'll sort of it'll all sink in, and then you know, seeing the players actually celebrating out on the pitch. So, looking forward to that one. So, um, enjoy it, boys, and, and thank you for coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us. Uh, and thanks everyone for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed this segment with uh, with some a couple of Australian Leicester City supporters who've, who've really enjoyed this season. Um, so until next time, we'll see you on the forums. This is the work here of Hazard. Costa turns out of Hazard! He has done it! He won the title for Chelsea a year ago! He might just have won the title for Leicester City tonight! And an Hazard! 2-2 at the bridge! William to Hazard. Leicester are champions. Leicester City are champions of the Premier League. The greatest story ever told has its